Good morning, church family. Have you heard the good news? Did anybody tell you the good news? Here it is. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here. God's beautiful reign is breaking into our community. And the king is presently calling people like you and me. Jesus is saying, follow me, Chris. Follow me, Megan. Follow me, Sean. Follow me, Kimberly. Yes, I see that smile. Follow me, Brooke. He's saying, I want you to invest your life in something that goes way beyond your life. I want you to be my follower, to be my disciple, to be part of my Haumana movement that goes way beyond this life into the new creation. That's the good news. And um, he invites people like you and me right here in our own community, uh, over this island, to make that personal decision to follow Jesus. What does a follower of Jesus look like? What does a disciple, what's the distinguishing mark of a disciple of Jesus? If, if you saw a, a disciple of Jesus walking by, would you recognize one? Or if someone looked at your life and said, there's a follower of Jesus. What would be the distinguishing mark? The answer might surprise you. Some might say, you know, the mark, the, the badge of Haumana is um, character, stellar character. Follower of Jesus, they're marked by dependability and, and integrity and trustworthiness. And stellar character is important. Others might say the distinguishing mark of a follower of Jesus, that's sound doctrine. It's a woman of the word. It's a man of the word who studies God's word and knows Jesus' teaching and knows how to rightly, accurately divide the word. That's an important thing. Others might say, you know what? It's really commitment to the family of God. It's realizing that Jesus created the body of Christ and that, that love and commitment to the church family. That's, that's the distinguishing mark of a follower of Jesus. All of those are good things. All of them are important things. But what fascinates me is that Jesus himself identifies something else as the distinguishing mark of his followers. What is that distinguishing mark? Well, we turn to his own words in John chapter 13, where Jesus says this. He says, a new command I give you. Catch this. Love one another. As I have loved you, oh my goodness, there's the standard, there's the measure, Jesus' love for us. As I have loved you, he says it a second time, so you, Haumana movement, you followers of Jesus, you love one another. And here's the distinguishing mark. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples that you are my followers. This is the distinguishing mark. And if you didn't catch it three times in one sentence, he says this, love one another. <laughs> three times in one sentence, he says, love one another. That is so clear that even a pastor can get it. <laughs> three times, he says, love one another, love one another, love one another. This is the sign, this is the distinguishing mark of my followers that they have this love for another, and, and here's the standard of that love. Here's the measure of my love, of that love. It's, 
It's my love for you. What an incredible standard. Because all of us know something about the enormous love of Jesus. So let me just say from the start, how do you get that kind of love? How do you show that kind of love? Where does that kind of love come from? This is not a self-improvement project. This is not a self-help thing. This week, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to write down my resolutions. I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to... No, this is not about your or my self-effort to be a more loving person. The source of that love is Jesus himself. And the source of that love is, the key to that love is intimacy with Christ. It's walking with him. And so let's notice right from the start that loving people flows out of intimacy with God. We actually looked at this last week. That was the number one thing in our Almana series. This life of, of following Jesus, it's rooted and sourced in a heart of love for Jesus that's a response to his enormous love for us. And we've got to remind that every week. Because it isn't a self-help program. It's a matter of walking closely with Jesus and having his life fill our lives and overflow to others. And that's why Jesus said to you and to me and says every day, follow me. That the path of discipleship is not him binding us to the law as the rabbis did, not binding us to a set of ethical principles, not binding us to a moral lifestyle, but binding us to himself, to himself, follow me. It's that personal relationship that's marked by intimacy, that's closeness, because Jesus says, there's no greater love than this, than my love for you. There's no greater love than this. I'm giving you my first love. And we're going to remember that with the emblems of the cross this morning. And as I give you my first love, there is no greater love than my love for you. I'm also seeking your first love for me. That's really what I desire at the center of this thing, your first love. Don't lose your first love for me. And so this kind of love that he calls us to, that is the distinguishing mark of the follower of Jesus, is a love that's rooted in closeness and intimacy in that personal walk with Jesus. Jesus tied those things together. You remember when they asked him, what's the number one command? They came to Jesus and said, what's the number one commandment? He actually gave them two because they're indivisibly bound. He said, here's the top commandment. Just love God with all you've got. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your soul. Love him with all your mind. Love him with all your strength. Love him with all you've got. But then he said, the second one is this. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because those two go together. When you love God and you walk in close intimacy with him, that love overflows into your life and through your life to others. Jesus gave us that organic image of how it works. They're not just bound together. One is the source of the other. Jesus said, I am the vine. You're the branches. When you are connected to me, when you are close to me, when you live in fellowship with me, when you are intimate with me, my life flows in, the life of the vine flows into the branches and produces fruitfulness. What is that fruitfulness? Well, the fruit of the Spirit of Christ, what's the number one? Love. Yes, love, joy, peace. But when you walk closely in love with me, and uh, my Spirit will produce in you life and love, and that love and that fruitfulness. And, and Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory. God is honored by this. God the Father loves it. His, he's made famous by it. He's blessed by it, just like any dad Loves it when his kids love on each other and love other people. It's a reflection of who he is. It's his glory. And the Father is glorified 
when the kids experience the life of Jesus and the love of Jesus, and it flows to other people. That you, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, that you be gold medal lovers, that you be black belt lovers, that you be master's degree, doctorate degree lovers, that this is the huge thing in your life. That you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be what? My disciples. That's the distinguishing mark. All of these other things are important, but the distinguishing mark, Jesus says, of being his follower is this love that's rooted in your relationship with him that flows to other people. One final thing. John is right there. The beloved disciple. He's watching all of this with Jesus. He's hearing Jesus' teaching. He's watching Jesus' love for people, and ultimately he sees Jesus give his life on the cross, although he, like the other disciples, dug out on that occasion. And um, forgive me, he didn't dig out. He was there with Mary, just dawned on me, because he said, uh, Mary, to his mother, behold your son. And he said to John, behold your mother. So John was there. Let's give him credit for that. But he was there to see the love of Jesus, and he says, dear friends at New Hope Kailua, let us love one another. Well, that sounds, we've heard that before. He's plagiarizing Jesus. That's a good thing to do. Let us love one another. Why? For love comes from God. It's sourced in God. Everyone who loves has been born of God into that new life and knows God. There's the relational piece. They follow Jesus. They know him. Whoever does not love does not know God because what? God is love. He's the source of love. He's perfect love. He's unfailing love. And he's shown us his love most perfectly in his son Jesus. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son, that's Jesus, into the world, catch this, that we might live through him, that we might walk with him and have his life flow into our lives and live through him. And so Jesus is saying, this is the distinguishing mark of my Haumana movement. This is the mark above all other marks, the first and foremost, that you that you love one another. This love is rooted and sourced in God, but it flows from him into your life and through your life into other people's lives. So how do we live that kind of life? If Jesus is the standard, that's the source, how do we actually practically show that kind of love? Well, let me suggest in the time we have three, three ways from the scriptures that we love with the standard of Jesus' love. That we love other people as he loves us, because that's what he said, as I have loved you, so you love other people. Okay, well, what does that look like practically? Let me recommend three things from the scriptures. Number one, accept others. Accept others, just like Jesus accepts you. Accept other people. That's a mark of his love. Did Jesus accept people? <laughs> Absolutely. All kinds of people, rich people, beggars, he accepted. Educated people, common people, sinful people, prostitutes, religious people, Pharisees, um, scribes, common people like fishermen. Um, he, uh, sick people, healthy people, all sorts of people he accepted. Jewish people, Gentile people, despised Samaritan people, he accepted everybody. And yes, this might blow you away, he actually accepted people from different political parties. <laughs> the Herodians, the Pharisees, the, um, the um, um, Zealots, those were all different political parties. 
And he accepted them all. He's saying, Pastor Rick, God would actually accept a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent? Yes, he does. And he says, each of you come under my kingship. Each of you come under my political party where I'm the king. He sets a new political party. But the point is this, Jesus accepts everybody. Now, when he accepts us, and, and let me just say that, how did he accept you? Have you ever thought about that? How did he accept you? He accepted you without any conditions. He did not set any conditions in your life. He did not say, Rick, when you get your act together, you can join the Haumana group. <laughs> Rick, when you solve your personal faults or your, your flaws and your issues in your life, when you get over your addiction, when you solve your selfishness problem, when you get your act together, guess what? You're on the inn. You belong to me. No, he didn't set any conditions. He said, Rick, I accept you just the way you are. I love you enough to accept you where you are, but I love you too much to let you stay there. <laughs> it's not, I, I want you to take the next step into life and healing and fullness. And so, yes, he accepts, and, and he says to us, accept each other, accept one another, accept people with their faults and their flaws. And can I just tell you, I, I love that part of our church, and we're not perfect, but the Holy Spirit's active here, and I love the way... I've seen people come to New Hope Kailua from out of prison, out of drug addiction, out of failed this, failed that, and, and guess what? The love of Jesus just accepts people and then helps them take the next step along the journey and lets Jesus work in their lives. And uh, that's what Jesus did himself. He accepted and loved, but that wasn't enough. it was enough to accept and then help them take the next step to life and healing and fullness and support. That's the kind of love. And he says, love people with that kind of love. And um, that's our dream is as people would come into our lives personally, as people would come into our church, that they would feel accepted. They would feel the accepting love of Jesus just like he accepted us. He didn't put conditions on us. He didn't say until you fix this, then you're on the end, then you can purchase. No. He said, I have a love that accepts you. So Discipleship is, we've seen, a decision. And, and just as you consider this aspect of loving others as Jesus loves you, as he accepts you, I wonder if the Holy Spirit has just kind of nudged you and said, here's someone I need to accept. And if you're following along in the notes or just in your mind, jot down that name. Who is it that you might be struggling to accept? Um, you might feel like they're insignificant or they might irritate you, but you'd rather just avoid them and not accept them. Because the love of Jesus says, accept them. That doesn't mean approve of whatever. <laughs> Jesus didn't approve of prostitution, but those ladies felt right at home in his midst. They felt accepted, they felt loved. He calls us to turn from whatever we're living for, whatever we're trusting in, and to turn to him. So acceptance doesn't necessarily mean approval, but it does mean an unconditional love that doesn't set limits on people, just as Jesus did with us. That's the first way. And I would ask you again, as the Holy, you open your heart to the Holy Spirit's prompting in your life, who is that person or persons that you just don't want to accept in your life? Maybe someone at work, maybe a colleague, maybe an extended relative, maybe a neighbor. And Jesus says, accept them as I accept you. Accept one another, just as Christ accepted you, is what Paul says in Romans 15, 7. Here's the second way. How do you love? In 
people with the same kind of love that Jesus loves you? Value others the way Jesus values you. It starts with recognizing the value of people, the dignity of people. Again, Peter summarizes it this way. Honor all people. Honor all people. Treat them with dignity. Treat them with respect. Um, whether they may be worthy of it or not, treat them with honor. Treat them with respect. Treat them with dignity. Why? Because they have infinite value. They have infinite value. And just as Jesus gave you infinite value, other people, wherever they're at in life, have infinite value. Have you ever thought about the fact that where, where, how do you determine value? How do you determine? There's really two ways that you determine something's value. Number one is who created it. Who created it? Who created that item? Um, Here's an example. I can show you two paintings. You can see them in your mind's eye. Two uh, quite beautiful paintings. One has a little name at the bottom of the painting that says Rembrandt. Rembrandt. The other painting has a little name at the bottom that says Kainoa Liu. What? Kainoa Liu? He's the, he's the artist of that painting. Rembrandt is the artist of this painting. Guess what the worth, the value of those two paintings are? Rembrandt, it's priceless. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, because of the artist. Sorry, but Kainoa Liu, um, for $2.95 and a cup of coffee, you can buy that painting. <laughs> Kainoa has wonderful gifts and blesses the world with them, but painting is not one of them. And, and so the value of the item, it depends on the artist. And... Um, what gives people their value? What gives you the value? It's because the God himself, the master artist, created you. That's what Psalm says. For you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The fact that you're created by the master artist gives you infinite value. That you are his masterpiece because he created you. Because of the artist. Because of who he is. And not only that, in Jesus Christ, you're a new creation, for we are God's workmanship. That means his artwork. We're his artwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared for us in advance. Jesus is the artist of your new creation. And because of who he is, as the artist in the new creation, and God himself, Jesus, creating you in the mother's womb, that gives you infinite value. That gives every person infinite value. Just recognize the value of that. And, um, and value people as Jesus values people. That means you can't look down on people for whatever reason uh, that you may be tempted to. Their um, financial situation, their ethnic situation, their work situation, their edu- you can't look on any person and say, well, they're of no value, and that's just self-pride, isn't it? Then we think we're better than other people. And Jesus says, no, recognize how much I value you and then value other people. And that's the first way that you recognize the value of something is, is who made it, who created it. That gives it its worth. But there's a second thing, when you think about it, that gives some, an item its value, and that's what someone is willing to pay for it. Thought about that? what someone is willing to pay for it. If you want to sell your car, what do you do? You do all the comparisons and you talk to some professional people and then you say, 
I think my car is worth this. And you put it out there and see if someone is willing. To, and what your, the worth of your car is what someone is willing to pay for it. If you've sold a home, you do the same thing. What's the value of your home? What's the list price? Well, you do all the comparisons and you ask the professionals and you say, this is what the worth of the home is. And, and if someone is willing to pay that, then that's what the worth. Martha and I actually had an experience one time when we moved and we sold a home. We did all this stuff, you know, comparisons, talked to the professionals. Here's the list price. Someone came along and they offered us $10,000 more than the list price. They thought it was more valuable than we did. And we didn't argue with them. <laughs> we said, you think it's that much? I, we know what they were doing. They were, they valued that home so much that they wanted, if somebody else offered the full price, they wanted to make sure they got it. And that's why they offered more than the list price. We said, you know what? You're highly intelligent. I think we'll accept your offer. <laughs> but the worth of the property was worth what someone was willing to pay for it. And that's what it sold for. Well, when you transfer that to what was Jesus willing to pay for you to be his follower, for you to be his family, then it's an infinite price. Look at what the scriptures say. Value is determined what someone would, will pay. Jesus paid an infinite price. He paid for you what? With the precious lifeblood of Christ. Is there anything more valuable than the lifeblood of Christ? Jesus gave his own life. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Jesus paid the infinite price and he, he gave you an infinite worth. And he died for every person on this planet. So when you realize people are of infinite worth, of value, because God created them and because Jesus gave his life for them, then when I value people the way that Jesus values them, then I will treat them with dignity, with respect, whatever their lifestyle, whatever their orientation, whatever their political views, they are incredibly valued. They matter to God, and therefore they ought to matter to me. And this is the distinguishing mark, says Jesus, of my followers, that they love people the way that I love them. Um, that means accepting them. That means valuing them. And yes, a third thing, it means forgiving them. Oh, before we get there, let me just uh, encourage your, your sensitivity, your prompting, because I hope that as you process these truths from, from God's word, that the Holy Spirit will be nudging you and say, yeah, that person I need to do, I need to accept them. As I walk intimately with Jesus, I, I need to value that person who I tend to think is insignificant or, or really irritates me. I, I just want to avoid, I want to ignore in my life. Um, just recognize that as the Holy Spirit touches your heart with the presence of Jesus, as you walk with him, who is that person or persons? Because he will very often, um, he did for me this last week as I was preparing this. Yeah, Rick, but what about these folks? Um, how are you treating them? What's your view of them? And uh, he will refresh that in our spirits, and I want to encourage us to, to follow him, to be accepting of people at deeper levels, to value people at deeper levels. And so again, this week I will affirm the value of, and as the Holy Spirit impresses on your heart, who is that person or persons that you need to affirm their value? Maybe even send them a text or call them up or write them a note and say, you know what? You really matter to God and you really matter to me. Whatever your words are, affirm the value of people. Number three, this is the third way in which we can walk out this halmana, this, this uh, being a disciple and, and helping make disciples. 
Love people as Jesus loves me. Accept people as Jesus accepts me. Value people as Jesus values me. And thirdly, forgive people as Jesus forgives me. And all of us know that forgiveness is very easy to talk about. It's another thing to actually do. But this is what the scripture says. Make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for that person who is just a royal pain in the ukulele. Because people have faults and people are going to hurt you and people are going to irritate you. And, and I don't mean to minimize that. There's some deep hurts that people go through in life. And Jesus says, forgive as I have forgiven you. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Here's the image. He has forgiven us an ocean's worth. And we need to forgive people a bucket's worth. He has forgiven us like the Pacific Ocean. You say, how has Jesus forgiven you? Well, <laughs> he's forgiven you absolutely everything. Your past sins, your, futures, your present sins, your future sins, the sins that you've committed that you're aware of, the sins that you've committed that you weren't even aware of, but others were aware. He's forgiven you everything through the cross and through his shed blood. He's forgiven you the things you've done wrong, the things that you should have done that you never did. He's forgiven you your thought life, evil thoughts, He's forgiven you for not having the good thoughts that you should have had, the motives of your heart. He's forgiven. You might have done the right thing. You might have prepared a sermon. You might have cared for somebody. You might have given a financial gift, but your heart was in the wrong place, and your motives were all wrong. You can do the right thing with the wrong heart, and he's forgiven you for that. And he's forgiven you for, for not even having the right motive um, and not doing anything. He's completely forgiven you. He's a beyond what you'll ever know. The cross of Christ covers all of your sins. And so he says, you've been forgiven so much. Now I just ask you to that, that forgiving love that I've shown you as I've loved and forgiven you, let that spill over to other people. And yet Jesus told a story about that. Remember Matthew 18? The servant goes to the king and he's He's forgiven 10,000 talents. Now, what's 10,000 talents? I actually crunched the math work one time. You look at the value of what a talent was in that day and working wage. 10,000 talents translates to $1.2 billion. Billion with a B. Now, the whole point of that is you could never pay off that debt. <laughs> you could never pay off $1.2 billion for a common working person. I mean, look, to live in Hawaii, you've got to take on a pretty hefty mortgage, but... You set your lifetime that, you might be able to pay it off, but no, nobody can take on a $1.2 billion mortgage and pay it off in their life. It's an unfor, unpayable debt. That's the whole point. You can't pay it off. You can't pay off the king. But what does the king do to this unpayable debt? He says, I'm just going to erase it. I'm just going to take it off the books. You're set free. What? God has forgiven you this debt you could never pay. And then the servant goes out there. Remember, the guy owes him 100 denarii. What's that? 100 Working day wages, crunch the numbers, that's about 20 grand. Well, that's not a small sum of money, $20,000, but it's, you can pay that off. I mean, you can pay off over time 20,000. And so the point of the story is, if you've been forgiven everything and, and a debt you could never pay, you can't go out there. And you remember the story, the guy goes out there and shakes the guy and throws him in prison, says, you gotta pay me the 20 grand, and it's a, it's an abomination to the Father. How can you be forgiven so much and yet you can't forgive your brother? You've been forgiven 1.2 billion and yet you're going to hold a grudge against this guy for 20 grand. And um, Jesus says, here's the key 
to the whole story. The freedom to forgive others is just to recognize how much he's forgiven you. Just stop and think how much he's forgiven you. He's forgiven you the Pacific Ocean worth. You're not allowed to withhold a bucket of forgiveness to others. As Jesus is generous in his forgiveness with you, be generous in forgiving others. And there's really a couple of reasons when you realize it. Why does Jesus want you to love with a forgiving love? Well, for at least two reasons. Number one, he wants to heal you from spiritual cancer. He wants you to be forgiving because you know what? If you hold on to grudges, if you hold on to resentment, if you are unforgiving, it's like a spiritual cancer on your inner being that just eats away at you. And all of us have experienced this to a measure or not. It just ruins our life. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's an inner anger. There's an inner resentment. There's an inner thinking how I can get that person back or evil thoughts towards that person. And it's just like a cancer that eats you up inside. Do you know anybody who's grown old with bitterness? Do you want to be around that person? Probably not. It destroys their life. And it destroys our life. And Jesus, I don't want that junk in your life. I want you to be free. I want you to know peace. I want you to know love. I want you to know joy. And so let go of your hurts. Forgive others as Christ has forgiven you generously. And then you can walk this path of healing and wholeness and fullness and life. I've come that you might have life and life to its fullness. Not hanging on to grudges and not being a bitter old crank. <laughs> That's one reason. The other reason is his ultimate purpose for your life and my life is to make us like him, that we be conformed to the image of Jesus. Who's the best forgiver you know? Who models forgiving love? Jesus. He's dying on the cross to the people who are torturing to death, and he says, Father, 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 this is evil, this is wicked. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. And um, you won't find a greater heart of love, and, and if he wants... Pastor Rick to be a little bit like Jesus, he's going to say, forgive that person. <laughs> forgive that person. Forgive, don't hang on to it. Let it go. As you have been forgiven an ocean's worth, let a bucket of forgiveness go towards that other person. The 20 grand, which may not be, you know, maybe significant. And again, I don't minimize. I've seen people who have been deeply hurt, deeply suffered. And yet Jesus says, forgive as I have forgiven you. So how do we um, live this distinguishing mark of a disciple? You walk closely in fellowship with Jesus. You invest your life daily in your relationship with him as we're encouraging each other on this Halmana path. And you recognize that as you walk in intimacy with Christ, his love flows into your life and overflows from your life into other people's lives. And this is what it looks like. You accept people. Not necessarily approve, but you accept people and you help them take a step towards healing and wholeness, a new direction in life, ultimately uh, towards Jesus or if they're a Christian already, to a fuller measure, accept people. Secondly, value people. Recognize their value is, is who created them and what Christ paid for them. They matter to God and they ought to matter to us and, and value, treat them with honor and dignity and, and respect. And yes, thirdly, forgive them just as you've been forgiven. This is what Christ's love looks like when we walk it out, when his love flows into our life and flows into other people's lives. So we're going to celebrate communion this morning because these emblems remind us of the standard of Christ's love. He gave his whole, his body, his blood, his life. 
And yes, it reminds us of the measure of his love that we should show to others as well. That as he has shown this love to us, that we receive him into our lives and then we live out that life to others. So a minute the worship team is going to come and, and lead us in a song of worship. But just before we do that, let me ask you to rise. And I, I thought it would be good for us to pray this prayer together. Jesus is the standard. Jesus is the source. But let's, um, let me just, let's pray this prayer together. And uh, I'm going to invite you just to pray after me verbally. Let's pray this as a church family. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that in your love, I am accepted. Thank you that in your love, I am valued. Thank you that in your love, I am forgiven. Amen. Aloha, church family. Thank you so much for joining with us in worship this morning. We truly hope that you were refreshed and, and strengthened in your faith during these crazy pandemic days. We want, invite you to look at all of our messages. They're available on our YouTube channel. We'd also invite you to download our church app. It's just a great way for us to keep in touch, to communicate, also for you to receive materials. So uh, take advantage of downloading that church app. We would invite you to partner with us as we continue serving God faithfully during these days. And you can give online, you can give on our website, uh, or mail a check into our street address. We really appreciate your support with that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord grant you peace. We love you. Aloha.